1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group alongside Phil Paleologos. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Thank you and good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise. This is the most popular weekend show because A, it protects your family and B, hopefully you can make some money if you listen to the wisdom of Ray Lance of USA Wealth. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise, brought to you every week by USA Wealth Group. And good morning also, Peter. Peter Lance is with us this morning. Good morning. From Lance Family Agency. So, Peter, it's always a pleasure to have you on with us on a Sunday morning. It's a rare occasion, and it's always appreciated. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a special treat in store for you today. We're going to be talking about automobiles, planes, trains, and automobiles. Actually, we're going to focus just on cars today, Phil. Phil, do you drive a car? I do. Of course I do. Now, did you purchase your car or did you lease your car? No, I purchased it. Okay. Well, we're going to be talking today, ladies and gentlemen, about buying a car versus leasing a car. Good. And we have somebody with us this morning that I think you're really going to enjoy. We have Mr. Bob Bancroft, who's not only the president but the owner of Ashley Ford. And he is a a real expert. So we're going to talk about cars today and... All of us at some point are going to buy a car or lease a car, and it's a real mystery. So our goal today is to try to clear up some of the mystery, give you some ideas, and mostly we're going to say some really good things about Ashley Ford. Oh, you bet. I want you to know that I've had some very strong, positive, personal experience with Ashley Ford that I haven't even told Bob about, but he's going to hear about shortly. So... Bob, thank you very much for being with us this morning. Good morning, Great. Bob. Glad to be here. Good I morning wanna, to all of you. I want to sing your jingle. Go ahead, Phil. You want to sing my jingle. Do you know it? You can sing it. The bottom line is <laughs> Ashley Ford. Yeah, I, all deve- right. I developed that myself. I'm impressed with you guys. Peter and <laughs> Phil, you both, you could be a duet. <laughs> We're going on the road. <laughs> Good. Now, don't turn back <laughs> when you go on the road. Well, they did a good job, uh, Bob. I I have to confess that I would not have been able to do that myself, but you guys did a really good job. We'll do it again at the end of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're thrilled to have with us um, Bob Bancroft, Robert Bancroft, the owner, uh, second-generation owner of Ashley Ford. And I guess it's been something like uh, 42 years. 42 years, yep. Started in 1975. Well, you've earned your spurs. Now, when you first began working at Ashley Ford, what department did you work in? I started out in the service department and, um, you know, from the ground up, washing cars, reconditioning, and uh, then offered a spot out in sales in, in 1980, and I liked the idea of going home clean and uh, trying sales. It also means that you know cars from the inside out, doesn't it? Yes, I do. Inside out, yep. Now, when you worked in the service, did you uh, did you actually work on the mechanical side of things as well? Are you pretty good? No, at- no. Um, I, I'm I'm somewhat mechanically inclined, but I um, I spent most of my time polishing and cleaning them, washing them, rearranging them on the lot. But you've got good people working for you who we do know the insides and outsides of cars. Well, I promised to tell you something that you didn't know about me, Bob, as far as Ashley Ford is concerned. Uh, back in the days when I was buying more Explorers. 
I purchased, I believe, three separate explorers or purchased explorers on three separate occasions from Ashley Ford. I recognized your name. I thought you might. but uh, And I have to say that, you know, we, we've all had different car experiences over the years, and I've always had nothing but positive experiences going into Ashley Ford. Well, thank you for that. We, we try hard. We, we do try hard. No, this is, this is really a personal endorsement. It wasn't rehearsed. It wasn't discussed ahead of time, ladies and gentlemen. But I've never felt pressured. I've never felt I was dealing with... You know, the classic image that some people unfortunately have of car salesmen. I always felt like I was dealing with a really decent car dealership. And that's my recommendation to you. If you want to talk to people who know what they're doing and who are going to treat you like a person, um, go to Ashley Ford. Well, we're family-owned. i got a lot of family that work there now, um, cousins, brothers, um, and over the years, I've had all my brothers, um, many cousins, uh, nephews, and, uh, and we're down to nephews now. Uh, my son has actually started out in the service department uh, just a year ago. Good. So, yeah, it's, we treat people like we'd want to be treated. Well, that's, uh, that's really an important credo and an important philosophy. But I, I like one of the titles that you first had when you first joined. You said you were rearranging cars you were known as a lot boy. That's right. And I've never heard of a lot boy before, so I like that title. I, I, yeah, lot boy. Well, um, it, it doesn't sound like an important title, but it is. So. Um, you know, you're, you, we've got millions in inventory, mm-hmm. and they're all brand new. And, you know, you can't tolerate scratches, dings, or dents. So nope. somebody you ha- have to trust to, to move the cars and keep them straight and aligned. Well, I know you've worked hard all your life, and you've been in one business, so you've learned that business uh, really well. Um, Ashley Ford itself has been in business, I understand, for about 50 years. 50 years, yeah. 50 years in, um, at the location we're at now up on uh, Mount Pleasant Street. Uh, prior to that, we were down um, on purchase by Sam Giamalvo's. They took us by eminent domain to build that uh, pedestrian bridge. But, Is that uh, the yeah. one they torn down now? No, the, that the bridge. Well, gee, I hope it's still there. I think oh. it's still there. Yeah, the pedestrian bridge. Oh yes, is still okay. There, right next to Glacier Glass. Right. Okay, that one. Yep. Well. So yeah, um, you know, fifty years is a long time to to stay in business. Um, we're we're one of the last uh, left in New Bedford. You know, oh, yeah. it used to be when I was growing up in the business, it was you know O'Hara Chevrolet and Dugan, mm-hmm. Buick and. Most of the stores around were, were family-owned, the Madeiras's, the, you know, Ralph's Mazda. And now um, it's, it's Ashley Ford and Executive Mitsubishi with Bob Burgess. That's mm-hmm. it. Two very, very old families in the car business. Well, you have a, they a, started the same way you did, yep. washing cars. That's right. I, <laughs> yep. I know them well. And you have a yeah, long, distinguished history, over 50 years uh, in this area. So uh, that's to be commended. And that's what happens when you have a family-owned business, right? So, Peter, just remember, after I'm gone, you're going to continue for another 50 years. Unfortunately, that's probably when I'll be able to retire. (laughs) Well, actually, I've been in business in the community for uh, over 40 years. And now, Peter, you've been in the business for close to 10 years as well, continuing the tradition. Uh, It's it's been over 10 now. Mm -hmm. It has been. I also know with Ashley Ford, uh, Bob, uh, we're talking with Bob Bancroft, who's the owner and president of Ashley Ford, that... In the last 10 years, you have invested, or your company has invested, more than $1 million to improve your facility, not only showroom, but service department and collision department. Yep, the whole place. Um, you know, we, we, we were there in 1964. We opened at that location, and 
you can only go so long without having to do uh, a factory mandated remodel. Um, that was 2005. Mm-hmm. And um, there was some discussion at that time to actually, you know, m- most of the dealerships had moved out to Dartmouth. And, um, you know, we, we looked at that and um, consulted with Ford. And they said, no, you can stay right where you are. Um, and, um, you know, we've we've thought about, you know, the, the neighborhood and, we, we were excited when we thought the casino was coming, and, <laughs> right. um, you know, we've had our ups and downs. But, you know, we're in the same spot. We're right off 195 and Route 140, so it's a, a pretty easy-to-find location. Suits us well. What are your general hours that you're open? Um, we're open 8 in the morning till uh, 7 at night. Mm-hmm. We'll stay open later if you call us. And how about weekends? Um, weekends, we don't open on Sundays, and we're open uh, 9 to 5 on Saturdays. I'm just curious, do you have, uh, like, security cameras in the parking lot? We do have surveillance security cameras. Um, you know, they don't really prevent theft. They kind of let you watch it occur. But um, mm, That's kind of sad, it, they've been, But having the cameras there has been helpful as a deterrent. But I, best, I bet you also see that on the weekends, like on Sunday when you're not open, you'll see people that go through and they're looking at the cars and so forth. I yes, we do. Yeah, that we do. We, we, we've... Um, We've had trials with um, what they call the silent salesman, where you can, um, if you see a car that you have interest in, you can drop your name and stuff in a box. But now with the internet, most people just um, will will contact us uh, via the internet, you know, mm-hmm. online. Um, that's really where uh, a lot of the the sales that used to be talking to people coming in the showroom. Now you're you're spending a lot of time online responding to leads. Um, that's really the way the the whole business is going. You know, mm-hmm. a while ago. Um, you know, say 10 years ago, we thought that, you know, in a, a lot of speculation was that that's the way all cars were going to be bought. People weren't going to come to showrooms. People weren't going to. But um, no, that didn't work out. Um, people want to come in. They want to try the car. Um, they want to maybe try more than, you know, one car. Um, it's a big investment. Um, and uh, the in-person part is, is still alive and well. We don't see as many in, coming in the showroom as we used to. Um, but... Uh, they still, they still come by. So here's an idea for you, Bob. Have a robot for Sundays. A robot, yeah. <laughs> and then when you see the camera activates the robot, when it sees people out there looking at the cars, the little robot can wheel up and say, hi, I see you're looking at this car today. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think that's personal enough for a lot of people. How about if you bring back Joe Jesus? Didn't he used to he, sell cars? He, he, wa- he was one of the, one of the greats. Um, truly Jesus. born into the business. Yeah. Truly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still see him all the time, 50s night. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah. you got to have a catchy name to make it in the car business, you know. Some of my uh, most, most successful sales for people, you know, Joe Jesus, Ken Kawa. Um, Kenny Rogers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kenny. Yeah. yeah. These guys, uh, with their names alone, were you know, yeah. yeah, successful. Well, that's that's just wonderful history. I mean, you've had some interesting characters working there too, then, haven't you? Oh yeah, we sure have. We've had a, we've had our share of all kinds of people. Um, we had um, uh, Chuck Mata. He's still alive. Of course. He owned Mata's Market for for well probably forty fifty years, and then. Went into retirement, but wasn't happy in what retirement was giving him. And his friend from the Grocers Association, Henry Gomes, said, "You ought to go try car- selling cars at Ashley Ford." And um, he did. He he came. He tried it, and he, and he loved it so much. He he stayed with us till, well, he stayed with us probably I think seven eight years, and then 
ultimately went down to Naples, Florida for real retirement, and uh, he couldn't stay out of it, and we called a dealer friend of ours down there at uh, Tamiami Ford, and we got him a job as a, um, an executive salesman there, meaning he didn't have any floor time, and uh, he was phenomenal down there. Made a lot of money and a lot of friends, and the dealer to this day says, if you get anybody else looking to retire <laughs> like from New Chuck. England, send them down here. Yeah. That's a wonderful story. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we like to do in this show is uh, we use quotations periodically just to lighten up the mood a little bit. And uh, one of the quotes that I have is this morning, it says, the cars we drive say a lot about us. And it was from somebody called Alexandra Paul. But, you know... People in this country really associate a lot with the vehicles they drive, don't they? They sure do. It's part of the American psyche, the American personality. Um, cars dominate what we do in so much of our lives. Y- you know, I, I attended a meeting, in, um, uh, a Ford meeting in, in uh, February, and um, the discouraging thing for the car business is that is not the case anymore, that... Um, a lot of, uh, I think that, uh, I don't want to misquote it, but the the average age of a newly licensed driver has moved up by uh, like four and a half years. When I was, you know, growing up, uh, it was the first thing you wanted to do when you could. You got your license and then you got a clunker and you learned how to drive. Um, a lot of kids are postponing that now right in, into their mid-20s. Um, some people won't even buy a car. Um, they talk a lot about the autonomous car, um, how popular that is with youth, and a lot of the, the discouraging news from that, the takeaway, was that people don't have the love affair they used to have with a car. They're treating them more like a, a, you know, a commodity now. So mm-hmm. they, um, and, you know, a lot of the cars are the same. But we, we're fortunate to still have the Mustang. Oh, yeah. Which um, still reigns king in, um, you know. In, mm-hmm. Sure, in the Cobra. A, a car, yeah, a car that's going to show off your personal. What was your first car, your very first car? My first car was... Uh, I think I paid two hundred dollars for it. it. Was a very old British Austin, and it had four doors and a trunk, and it used so much oil that summer that I bought this first car. I happened to be working for Oilsum in Worcester, which makes the oil product Oilsum. So I was able to get you know free Oilsum. I carried a five-gallon can of Oilsum in the car. <laughs> Literally, and every 200 miles, I had to stop and put a quart of oil in the car. That was my first car. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Bob? Um, I've had so many. Um, I think my first car was a Volkswagen Beetle. And, oh um, gosh, yeah, yeah, it it, it, um, it was a project car. My father just couldn't tolerate commuting it anymore. They don't have heat in the winter and didn't have air conditioning in the summer. He had to wear, you know, a suit coat to work. So he said, here's your first car. And um, it didn't run at the time, but um, he helped us and helped me and my friends. And we got it running and used it for a beach buggy till I blew it up. But uh, (laughs) Peter, what was your first car? Uh, 1989 Jetta uh, GLI, Volkswagen Jetta. I remember that car. I loved that car when it ran. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is a very important question, ladies and gentlemen. You see, we can all remember our first car. How many of us can remember our first girlfriend, I wonder? (laughs) That's a little foggy. There's a lot of silence. A lot of silence in this room. (laughs) Or maybe you don't want to talk about your first girlfriend. Maybe, yeah. (laughs) I do see what you were saying, though, uh, Bob, about how people sort of view cars not the way that they did in, you know, when they first came out all the way up until, I'd say it sort of fell off in the 
70s, maybe early 80s, and and especially now where people just use it as a tool instead of really getting into it. I'm the opposite. I'm in the minority where I, I'm a huge car enthusiast, and I was really upset when um, Ferrari decided that they were going to go to paddle shifting instead of real shifting with the clutch and everything else because I not that I'm ever going to have or own a Ferrari, but I just enjoy using that clutch and enjoy actually shifting, and, and I'm huge car enthusiast yeah uh, we have um a car show every year so this will this was our 11th year and it's a mustang and all ford show and you want to talk about pride in cars and i really enjoy that it's a big highlight of my year um just mm. to see all the people that just love their cars so much they take them everywhere to show them they they polish them and they have a story to tell that you know if i walk through the crowd of you know, the hundred people, it takes me, it takes me all day just to, to listen to the stories. And Well, people who care about cars really care about cars. There's yep. no question about that. Um, we're talking with Bob Bancroft, who's the owner and president of Ashley Ford. Bob, what's the telephone number there? Our phone number is 508-996-5611. And if somebody wants to check you out online on a website. AshleyFordSales.com. That's pretty easy to remember. AshleyFordSales.com. Well, I, I've been in love with Fords uh, for a very long time. Uh, the first truck I ever owned happened to be a, a Chevy Silverado pickup I bought uh, with 10,000 miles on it uh, from a fellow who turned out to be a friend of mine. And I saw an ad in the paper, and I called on it. And I recognized his voice. And I said, gee, why are you selling your pickup truck? He says, I'm buying a Corvette. And I said, he said, why are you buying the pickup truck? I said, for the same reason that you're buying the Corvette. <laughs> so we either really like our cars or we don't like our cars. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I, I represent Ford anyway because, mm. you know, that's a brand that, that doesn't take a, take a lot to sell. Um, you know, we've uh, we been, we got all the history. Um, we really invented the car. Um, mm -hmm. And then trucks. When it comes to trucks, I mean, we've been the reigning king for for thirty plus years. Um, we're always the one that the the others are trying to match and beat. Um, and compare to, yeah. And compare to, yeah. And um, you know, in this in the sport utility segment, when the Explorer came out, um, it was a little overdue, a little bit behind the Jeep, but it just roared past all the competition. And I can remember how much fun my commute from the Cape to work was when I would follow and see Explorer after Explorer after Explorer. Okay. It's and still a great vehicle. Yeah, it serves a lot of... It's still a great vehicle, right? It's still sure. one of our top sellers. You bet. Well, this happens to be a quotation uh, about Fords. This is from a gentleman named uh, Jim DeMint. I drive Fords, and I've driven American cars all my life, and I want to have a strong American manufacturing sector, especially in automobiles. What yeah. are you doing yeah. with a politician? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Do you have any quotes from Ford himself? Um, you know, I've used them before, yeah. and for some reason we didn't put them again today. Oh, but I, yeah. I do remember that one of the early things that was said about Fords when they came out is, uh, you can buy a Ford in any color as long as it's black. Yeah. <laughs> remember that? Yep. Never complain and never explain. Uh, heat with wood, it warms you twice. Uh, what? Heat, heat, heat with wood, it warms you twice. That's one of Henry Ford's quotes. Yes, no, he there are many, many quotes that you when you when you hear one, you're often surprised that it was Ford to, that made it. Yep. No, they they are lots of fun. Well, let's come to talk a little bit about 
um, car buying versus car leasing. Um, and we did a little bit of an outline here today to talk about uh, some of these questions and some of these issues. So do you find that more people lease or more people buy? Let's say it's a car, for example. Um, leasing is still, is still about only 30% of the business. Okay. Um, in the Ford brand, we we probably are not. We're probably about twenty six percent foreign car um, foreign car. They they lease more. Mm-hmm. The um, the higher end cars, Mercedes, the luxury brands, they lease in the seventy percent range. Wow. Um, but no, there's still a real need to buy cars. Um, it's not leasing's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great way to get a car. Um, no doubt about it. Um, all right, so some of the benefits of leasing would be that you might have a smaller down payment, although typically there is a down payment even associated with leasing, correct? Um, y- there is, but um, it's normally called something like an acquisition fee or you don't really want to encourage somebody. To, you, don't want to, you don't really want to put money down on a lease, and, and the reason is that um, leases include what they call gap protection so that if you, had a, um, you took your brand-new vehicle and you had it for six months and then – someone uh, hit you in a, in a bad accident and um, it badly damaged your car, well, then Carfax would, would, you know, would report that there was an accident and your car is devalued. Well, in a lease, you don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you just turn the car back in when you're done. Um, and uh, it's a nice fi- having a fixed cost of ownership. That's what appeals to a lot of people. If you're in a car every day and you have a lengthy commute or, or a pretty modest commute, the predictability of your cost of transportation is is fixed because when you you get into a lease, you don't have any of the the maintenance or or any of that. You, by the time it needs tires or brakes, or any kind of uh, real expensive maintenance, you're going to be getting into a brand new one. Okay. And it makes more sense, I would assume, to lease a car, also if you have a business. Yes, I, I'm sure that the the, the write off is is easier to do for your accountant. Um, it's easier to keep track of the cost and. Um, you know, I think you can uh, manage to write off um, a purchase as well. I, I know a lot of the, the year-end push we have on trucks um, is always um, reminding customers about the accelerated depreciation that mm-hmm. um, is available, and that, that appeals to a lot of business owners. Which is a good tax benefit, by the way. If you're thinking about buying a vehicle, say a truck, for example, end of year is often a good time to do that because you can get – uh, a full write-off, and you can use it to offset other income in the business. Yeah, and um, that that was that was a big motivator for the last couple of years because um, the uh, the president had signed uh, something there that said you could accelerate um, the depreciation. So if you had a good year, which a lot of guys did, mm-hmm. and they were holding on to their equipment, you know, not not certain about the future when. When they um, came up with that accelerated depreciation, we saw a lot of people take advantage of that, business owners, trucks especially. Okay. Is it all leases that have uh, 12,000 miles per year, or is that does that vary? No, um, we'd tell you to um, – the, the average lease really is calculated on a 15,000-mile-a-year allowance, and that's because that's what the average U.S. driver does. Um, most of the advertised leases, because they want to put out a low payment – They'll base their lease on 10,000 miles. That doesn't usually work for most people, and um, so it's the, it's the hook. It's the, the draw that brings you in. Mm-hmm. But then when you, get, when you show interest and we explain to you, that's probably not the, 
the, the mileage you want. Um, you, you, you want to tailor, definitely want to tailor the mileage you expect to put on the car um, uh, with, into your lease. So if you're a high mileage guy, um, people say, oh, oh, I can't lease, I can't lease because I put too many miles on a car. No, you're wrong. Actually, if you put a lot of miles on a car, you probably should lease. You just lease on a shorter term, 24, maybe 36 months max. And then the same thing applies. You're going to have a fixed cost of ownership, no surprises, no breakdowns, no um, none of that. So that's, yeah. that's actually information I have never known. So that's helpful to me because I never was aware of that. Well, we do a lot of... Um, of what they call courtesy deliveries. Now, I don't sell. I mean, I don't. I don't sell the vehicle. But if you worked for um, Procter and Gamble or you worked for um, a big, re, a big, dis, you know, distribution network, you got a company car, and you lived in New Bedford or Dartmouth, like cosmetic people and traveling um, uh, uh, medical equipment people. They all those uh, all those drivers are putting like 30, 30, 35,000 miles a year on a car. And um, almost exclusively, they're 27-month leases. Hmm. Okay. So, so you know those companies are, th- are smart, and they, they know the benefit of leasing. I, didn't, I had no idea. That's great information. Uh, a lease still wouldn't work for me because there isn't one vehicle I've ever owned that I didn't change out the exhaust or this or that. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, you can modify them, but, yeah, you have to take it off before you turn it in, or you'd have to buy it at the end. Yep. We're going to take a short break, ladies and gentlemen. We're meeting this morning with Bob Bancroft, who's the owner and president of Ashley Ford. And we're going to talk a lot more about leasing and leasing versus buying and some tips about how to buy and how to do the research. Sure. Please stay tuned. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise. We're happy to bring this show to you every week, sponsored by USA Wealth Group. We're located at 352 Fonts Corner Road. Give us a call at 508-998-8858 or visit our website at usawealthgroup.com. We want to show you how you can make better decisions with your money. And most importantly, our main goal is to show you how to protect your family and protect your money. Safe strategies are what we're all about. Give us a call. Welcome back to Bob Bancroft, the president and owner of Ashley Ford. Welcome back, Bob. Thank you. Gosh, I've, I've learned so much already. You know, the best shows that I like to do, ladies and gentlemen, are the shows when somebody is on with us that I can learn from as well, because I'm learning things this morning, and I hope you are as well. And welcome back, Peter. Hello. Good morning, everyone. And um, before we continue, I just had a really funny thing that I just remembered. Bob, you said that your first car was a Volkswagen Beetle. Yes. The very first car that I ever bought was a 1973 Volkswagen Super Beetle. Never registered it, never drove it. It sat in my driveway for about a month. And my best friend and I, my best friend who is now a Volkswagen Audi tuner out in Minnesota, runs a successful business out there tuning and you know making them even better. He and I thought that it would be a good idea because there were some rust spots on the car to sand the entire car down to bare metal and then repaint it. So we came home and... Uh, he came over to my house, and we were sanding with the power sander, and we sanded a huge part of the car and brought it down to bare metal, and it looked so great. We said, this looks fantastic. Look at this. We just should leave it like this. It looks so so cool and clean. And my father came home, and he said, um, good luck, boys. <laughs> and the next morning, it was entirely rusted over. <laughs> we all learn things in life, don't yeah. we, Pete? Yeah. <laughs> entirely rusted over. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that particularly, but... Uh, well, r- rust is a big part of our business, you know. 
<laughs> and we, we're, 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 you know, we're grateful sometimes that they don't last forever. Well, it's like a lot of things. But, you know, I have to say one thing about Fords. Fords have, I think, the best reputation in the country for quality. And this is not prejudice just because you're on. I just happen to like the Fords. Well, thank you for that. And I, I happen, I believe it too. Um, you know, I've owned quite a few of them. And uh, you don't get to be the top of the um, the pile at, uh, selling as many trucks as we do for as long as we've had and not be dethroned unless you're building, you know, one of the one of the top quality products that's out there. And we do. Right. Well, a gentleman named Stephen Wright once said, I had to stop driving my car for a while. The tires got dizzy. <laughs> well, we are talking about cars today. And, um, you know, historically, most of the cars that I've had in the past, I've actually purchased. I've traded in another vehicle. Um, and instead of um, leasing, I just figured, well, I had to take the car and trade it in for another car. And I had a lot of equity in the vehicle, so I just bought another vehicle. I also have unpredictable mileage. Um, I have a truck also, which I'll tell you about in a minute. Um, and I have a, a Toyota for my sedan, but the sedan I tend to put a lot of miles on. And um, I drive it, you know, all the time, mostly. And the truck, by the way, which is a Ford F-150 uh, pickup, I love, is actually quieter on the inside than the Toyota Avalon is. It's a quiet, quiet truck, and I love it. And it's got a, a turbo engine, six cylinders, so it gets good mileage. But what I discovered recently is that I only had put 7,500 miles on the truck in a year. Damn it, I should have leased it. Yep, that's not enough. I should have like, leased it. We like you to use them up and wear them out and replace them. Yep. Um, and I, actually, trucks, uh, a lot of people don't like quiet in trucks. Ford spends a lot of money to make them sound loud, you know, to make the exhaust sound louder. Really? Well, that's the other interesting thing. When I take off in the vehicle and you put your foot down on the accelerator and take off, it has this wonderful throaty <laughs> rumble underneath, so it sounds like you're driving this macho yeah. vehicle. That's, it's a, that's intentional. I'm sure it is. But yet the interior, when you're on the highway driving, is incredibly quiet. Yeah. And the, the sound that you get from the music is good. So, anyways, they're fun. There's one quote that I had uh, highlighted from Rita Rudner that says, To attract men, I wear a perfume called New Car Interior. <laughs> and there is something absolutely fantastic about getting into a new car for the first few weeks, especially this that new car smell that just it's intoxicating. And, but there's something interesting on top of that is, as a car enthusiast... Something very strange happens because after about six months or so, the new car smell is gone, and then, you know, it's, it's just gone. But after about 25, 30 years, there's a new smell that comes back in the older cars that is very intoxicating to a true car enthusiast as well. I don't know if you've gotten into the an old, old car smell. It, it, it's, but it is. There's yeah, something there is. that happens there. to the, the leather or the cloth, and the, you've gotten into an old Volkswagen Beetle, and there's something you know strange and, and wonderful about an old car smell as well, but it takes a while. I, think I have, a, I have um, a 1992 Ford conversion van. Um, that I used uh, uh, to take my family to Florida or back and forth, um, family vacations and ski trips. And now I keep it um, for the Patriots games. It'll be uh, going up tomorrow uh, to the to the preseason game with the with the regular crew. We pulled it out of the mothballs. 
over the winter and kicked it into life. And yeah, it's got the old old car smell to it for sure. It has the old guy's smell. It's got 182,000 miles on it. And then people say, why do you drive an old van like that? You could drive anything you want and brand new. I said, I just something about the reliability and, and I, I'm, 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 I'm in love with it. I'm, I'm very, very fond of it. I know every little nuance of it, and that's, that's the truth. I have, a, I also have a 1979 Bronco that I use down in the Cape and plow oh, my that's my fantastic. Well, actually, if you're driving a vehicle to park at the Patriots game, you don't necessarily want to bring a new vehicle yeah, anyway. Yeah, right. Or, or the people <laughs> that I bring up, they, they might spill things. I would love a 60s or 70s Bronco. Water. Um, my, uh, my best friend I was telling you about before, he's actually yeah. building me a 92 Volkswagen Jetta. Uh, with a VR6 engine in it. Wow. I'm going to totally resto mod it out for me. So let's talk about the the concept of buying a vehicle, Bob. Um, Do you advise people to do research on the Internet first? Um, I don't really have to advise them. They generally do that all on their own, Um, and that is really, really the way that most people start out the process. Now, if it's a new car they're looking for, they generally do start. Um, on the internet, all the research and all the uh, knowledge we see says that they do that. And they have a lot of, um, you know, like Ford has, uh, Ford.com, you can build and price, build your own car. Mm-hmm. You get the price, you can change the color of it on your screen so you can see, you know, what flavor you like. And um, it actually makes it easier for the salespeople because um, now you come in knowing more specifically what you're looking for. Okay. And um, that that takes a lot of the, the you know the, the work out of the job. They they know what they want. Um, the internet has changed everything when it comes to car buying. Oh yeah, well, sure. Because you can get the price online. There's so many websites out there that will tell you what you should be paying. So yeah. there's you know not as much haggling when you get to the dealership because people you know they do their research and they know and and it, it just becomes I think easier for everyone. Yeah, we we welcome it because you know before I think. Uh, a misconception a lot of customers have was that there's, you know, tens of thousands of, of dollars of discount available, you know, uh, and there isn't. I mean, most cars, whether it's a Ford or any other brand, you know, they have a very small margin. Um, if it wasn't for the factory rebates and the, the low interest rate or no interest rate offers, um, you know, we really couldn't give you an, an awful lot. Um, especially the, the the less expensive the car, the, the smaller the markup. And one of my my favorite quotes from my father was, "I wish that people. I, I wish we could make half of what people think we make. <laughs> Just I, half." I did car sales for a very short time period. It was literally three months, um, and. I didn't enjoy it because I'm not the type of person that, you know, tries to make the sale that day. I like to let people sit and think about it, and that's not what, you know, car dealers uh, are usually all about. So I didn't last long. I just didn't enjoy it myself. But I will tell you that I know that the dealers do not make a lot of money on new cars. <laughs> no, that's, that's true. We, we, we don't make the amount of money that people think we do, nor do, nor do salespeople. Do, do you have uh, customers who come in who – think that they're going to somehow haggle and get every last nickel and they're smarter than you are and they've done their homework ahead of time and then they ask to see the invoice and I guess you show the invoice. You can, you can, that, that happens all the time. Um, it's not so much anymore because they basically can find out the invoice price online and that, that's a more impartial, you know, they, when you, we show them an invoice, you know what they think? We made it up. They do. Mm-hmm. So it's not really... Um, you know, we don't really, we don't have that many people come in 
um, with what we'd say is an unrealistic price, unless it involves a trade, um, you know, a significant number of sales involve a trade, and that's where um, the negotiation often happens. It's not mm-hmm. really about the price of the vehicle they want because they've done their research. They know what they can expect, like you, like you were saying earlier about the um, services that will give you the average price paid for the model that you want. But no one really knows what your car is worth, and now you're really coming to buy a car from me, but you want me to buy your car. Right. So um, that's many times how um, the, where the real negotiation lies. Yep. Um, and, and basically, if you take a car in trade, um, you can't necessarily resell it on your lot. You may have to wholesale it someplace, I guess. Uh, many times, yeah. But, um, a pretty high percentage of cars have to be wholesaled because either the, the mileage is too high for us to consider resale or you know, the cost of bringing it back to something we can sell is just um, too, too cost prohibitive. Yeah, the cars that you actually keep on the lot to resell is very small. A lot of them just go to auction because they do have too many high mileage. And, you know, you want to attract people to your storefront uh, with vehicles that they're going to want to purchase, not something that has 150,000 miles on it and needs a lot of work. Right. Most uh, new car dealers will have um, their used cars will be in the in the three to four year old range. Um, just so you can offer the customer, you know, if they, they don't find the new car affordable, um, in the size they want, you know, you got to have something to move them down to. But we will keep, um, you know, some some older vehicles if they're in particularly you know great shape. Um, they do; those still do exist. I remember, there was this one guy who uh, used to come by pretty much on a daily basis at the dealership that I worked at to see the cars that had come in on trade and wanted to try to purchase them before they would go to auction. And yeah, the wholesalers. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that's the the wholesalers are the smartest guys in the business. Yeah. Yeah, they're um, they're out there every day, at you know at every dealership, looking at every brand, and um, you want to if you want to be successful in the car business, you better have a good network of wholesalers that you can trust. Um, How interesting! Yeah, you need guys that have been around a long time, and in in, in our case, um, a couple of the regular wholesalers we use are second generation like me. We knew their dads, um, and they now we deal with the sons. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you certainly have a reputation at Ashley Ford for integrity and fair dealing, um, but it's sort of a mystery business for a lot of people as well, isn't it? Yeah, well, um, it's scary. It's a big dollar transaction. Yep. Um, there's there's still a, a lot of fear in the customer. Um, so, you know, we, we try to calm them down and help them as way we can. You know, I, I love training new salespeople and if you've never sold cars before, they, they, they look at, at me as the, the owner and the mentor. What do I got to do? What do I got to learn? And people think we have some kind of mind control tricks mm-hmm. we play. But I generally will start them out by saying, you know why the people, you know why a customer would come here? They just come here just like they go to a bar room. They come here to, you know, look for or buy a car. They, um, your job is just to say welcome and help them find what it is they're looking for, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then... It just start. It's just. It's not that. It's there's no real. I always say there's no real selling involved. Um, people buy what they want. Um, we just help them get it. You know, sometimes it's um, help with finance. Uh, sometimes it's a decision between a lease or a buy. Um, and we just help them. We're just helpful. It's not selling. My wife is a very strong, very independent woman who manages a whole bunch of people at a corporate job in Providence and. Uh, yet when it comes to car buying, she is just 
petrified and always has to have me come along. And um, so it is for a lot of people, it is a big, scary decision. And, you know, there are only a handful of dealers that I've been to in my life that made the entire process comfortable from start to finish. I actually, I don't know if you know this, but I got a, a Ford Explorer sport track from uh, one of your salespeople, God, probably... I remember that 15 car. years ago at least, uh, probably 16, 17 mm-hmm. years ago. And it was a great experience. Yeah. Um, you know. Well, we've all walked into, or you perhaps haven't, Bob, but I know I have walked into a showroom before, and you'll see five or six salespersons, people all looking at you like buzzards, and you're waiting to see who you're going to make eye contact with first. You never get that feeling in Ashley Ford. I've never had that feeling in Ashley Ford. We call it we, we call it the shock circling. Yes, but yeah, we don't do, we don't do that. You know, we never we never uh, really ever went to that volume model of selling, and um, it just results in, in nothing good. You know, you get high salesperson turnover, you get unhappy customers, um, and it and it's hard, it's a lot harder to make the business work that way. Um, you know, we're happy to sell the number of cars we do. You know, we always want to sell more, but um, we're happy to sell the, the number of cars we do and the way we do it. Um, we've looked at the, you know, the prospect of getting big when we did the remodel over in 2005. And, you know, it just it's just an, an awful um, risky proposition. Mm-hmm. Well, you take care of your customers, and that's important. And I suspect you treat them like family and I know you've got a lot of family members working in your business too, don't you? Sure do, sure do. From service to sales and the office and and everywhere. Is uh, Kevin Bancroft uh, there still? Kevin Bancroft is still there. Yep, he's the sales manager. Um, grateful and, and delighted to have him. I know he's a, he's popular with customers, and that's not usually a job that uh, people you know tend to like you they, that's usually the bulldog job yep but uh, he's he's very diplomatic and he's he believes in the philosophy of he wants to be treated uh, he wants to treat people like he wants to be treated mm-hmm. we all buy things you know I have to mention something very important about Ashley Ford and, and uh, you folks have a tradition of doing a lot of things in the community as well and can you tell me about the Old Glory Tower that's on uh, Route 18 in New Bedford? Yeah, the, 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 we fly the flag for a bit different veteran every month. Um, that was started by my uncle, who uh, owns the fire. Well, he owned the fire station till his death, and my, my aunt uh, Margaret owns it now. And um, on one side, we have the Whaling City um, Welcome, and mm-hmm. then on the other side is, the, is our billboard, just uh, serving New Bedford since 1964. And we fly a flag for a different veteran uh, every month, and that um, I think you know is one of the one of the great things we do. Um, we meet so many, we hear so many stories, and we've been doing it. That we've been doing that. I can't even keep track. It's probably been fifty years too. And you do that in conjunction with the Standard Times because yep. they also publish a story about that particular veteran. Yeah. Um, in fact, my salesman John Mandeville from Fairhaven, um, his grandfather was just honored, uh, Snooky Mandeville. And uh, he owned George's Tavern on, um, I can't think of what the street is, Beetle and something. But uh, it was, you know, no, he, he actually read the article, his, his, uh, Jonathan, my salesman, about his grandfather. And he goes, wow, I didn't actually know all that. Yep. He didn't know how, how decorated he had been in, in, in World War II and served in Europe. And, um, yeah, it's a real honor for us to do that. Well, I, I plan to do that as well. I've talked to the lady at the Standard Times, and she said, if you get us the information, 
we'll say we'll put up the flag for your father. My father spent 20 years in the Marines, and he was in World War II extensively in the Pacific, lots of amphibious landings, and then later served in Korea where he received the Purple Heart. Wow. And, you know, long distinguished history, expert marksman, both pistol and rifle expert, and, um, you know, this guy would walk down the street and you just sort of stand aside and let him go by because he just had the walk. You know, the, um, the, another tie-in with, uh, with veterans is that uh, at the car show, it's amazing the number of veterans that, you know, have old cars that they, they you know, restore or, or, or keep. And um, I'll bet you probably 60, 70 percent of them, of the, uh, the car show participants, are, are veterans or, you know, son of a veteran. Or, mm-hmm. And they have some great stories, too. Well, it also shows not only did they help take care of the country, but they take care of their things that they own. Yep. And yep. so one goes from one to the other. Um, let's talk briefly about financing a car. I mean, we know that we can go online and do research. We know we can go into Consumer Reports' website and find out what the cost should typically be. We know we can look at an invoice. And I've always said when I've bought a vehicle that, you know, yes, I'd like to see the invoice. I'd like to see what the true cost is. But I also recognize that you're not going to negotiate every nickel out of the price because, I mean, this is America. You're in business to make a profit. And there's, you know, dealers hold back and things of that nature that goes to the dealer. You know, they got to get paid something. So I've always felt that, you know, that's that's fair. And then you get into the financing of a vehicle. Um, so you must have an in-house finance department that helps finance or somebody could come in with their local bank already pre-approved, I assume. Um, we do have our, our own uh, finance manager, Gary Freitas. Most dealerships do. Um, and um, surprisingly, not as many people as you'd think come in with prearranged financing. Um, some do, but mm-hmm. that's, not, that's, a, that's a minority. Um, most people actually come in um, with questions about financing. And we have, uh, we have at least a half a dozen different sources um, the, the number one source is Ford Motor Credit. Um, and any time, you know, any brand of car you're buying, the manufacturer generally will have the best program. In, in the case of Ford right now, it's 0%. And, mm-hmm. and many others, 0% for 72 months, it's free money. Wow. Is that for most vehicles or just certain kinds of vehicles? Um, that really is pretty much across the board right now. Um, it's that time of year where we're trying to clear out 16s. That's the funny thing about the car business. You get old quick. Mm. Um, we're already clearing out 16s, and it's still 16 because the 17s are coming in. So, like other manufacturers, you put the big, um, the big discount on the on the cars you want to move. So the 16s all have zero percent for 72 months, um, and that's free money. So it's really a great time to buy a vehicle. It is a great time to buy. You're getting right now in the month of August. You're going to get the. You're going to get most dealerships with the largest inventory of the season because we've got the 16s that are still there and the 17s coming in. Mm-hmm. And um, we're anxious to move out and make room with the 16s. So you're going to, you know, you're going to get the pick. You're going to get the car you more likely to find the car you want, a car or a truck you want. So, so here's our promise, uh, Bob. If, if somebody comes in in the next few weeks and buys a car from Ashley Ford, Bob Bancroft is going to give you a personal tour around the block in your new vehicle. Just, ki- just kidding. I'll give you a walk around the dealership. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Ashley Ford is 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 a wonderful place. Uh, I've bought a number of vehicles there, and uh, 
certainly will bring my attention there in the future as well. Thank you. Let me ask you one quick question. Would it be helpful to the finance manager and or the consumer if they have their own credit scores and bring them in? And the reason I ask that is because um, I know, and it wasn't actually Ford, it was somebody else, they uh, pinged my credit with like seven different lenders um, trying to find the best deal or trying to get, you know, where I could get approved. Um, and I'm just wondering if it makes sense to go on like Credit Karma, get your credit score, at least have a rough idea, show it to the finance manager so that way they can know which places to go and actually try to get approved. Most people, believe it or not, it's, it's amazing, over the, just the last probably 10 years, know their credit score. They, have, they don't know exactly the number. It changes all the time. But they know whether they have what you'd consider poor credit or good credit or great credit. Um, so you really find yourself counseling the, the, the lower credit score customer in the middle, the, the, the middle score customer. And, um, yeah, we, we actually the, – the shopping process to the lenders is, um, is to get you the best terms possible for the credit score that you, will, you align with. But it's a good idea to ask those questions. Um, Peter, we need to wrap up this morning, but sure. I want to say that I've, I've learned a lot of things this morning from uh, Bob Bancroft, the president and owner of Ashley Ford. Bob, I'd like to personally thank you for being with us. and I'd like Thank to you for thank, having me. I'd like to thank you and your family for 50 years of really good service to our community well, and thank to you our for veterans as well. We, we thank you for that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. We hope that uh, if you have questions, please call uh, Ashley Ford or give us a call. We'll be happy to direct you. And stay tuned and keep listening.